When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every writer that you meet will have that one script. That one script that is their heart and soul that they love so very much that has not been discovered yet. That's what this podcast is all about. We find those scripts, these unbelievably original gems, and we bring them to life with a table read of professional actors. Welcome to Undiscovered Scripts, Movies Made of Paper. everyone. Welcome to our second episode of Back to Back to the Future. The DeLorean limps its way into an old soundstage, which is the production design garage that houses several vehicles and props from various movies, a few that are recognizable for universal movies of the era, including the Magnum P.I. car. Great Scott! Marty looks over his shoulder, and then in and around the car... What did you What did you do to my car? Marty pulls the DeLorean to a standstill and hops out, looking around for the voice and finds Kevin Pike, a middle-aged portly man with salt and pepper hair and a beard. Did you say Great Scott? I did. You would too if you saw this mess. Wait a minute. Who are you? I'm, um, Marty? You're playing Marty's double, of course. Stunt driver. Pike stops and inspects the vehicle. Well, what happened? What do you mean? To the time machine. Is it really a time machine? Pike glares at Marty. Kid, if I could invent a time machine, do you think I'd be a hack production designer? I'd travel back to the 1950s, the golden age of movies, where I'd probably get a job as a hack production designer. Pike doesn't take note of Marty. He's pacing back and forth, constantly touching his temples like Richard Lewis. Oh, Steve and Bob are not going to like this one bit. Not one bit at all. Pike looks at Marty, who looks concerned. Oh, no. They saw it? Marty shrugs. They saw it. Great. What did they say? It wasn't that bad. What did they say? Um, well, they talked about using a refrigerator? Great Scott! Marty's eyes grow wide. He can't believe how much Pike sounds like Doc Brown when he says that. Pike looks at Marty. I know. Unbelievable. Who would believe that time travel is possible in a refrigerator? That's absolutely absurd. I told them that in order for time travel to be possible, you have to go into hyperspace or a timeless place outside of our universe, and I thought they understood that. But you certainly couldn't get there in a refrigerator. Where would the energy come from? Precisely. Pike takes note of Marty's understanding of the physics involved in supposed time travel. Precisely. You know physics? Well, Mr... Pike. Kevin Pike. My friends call me Pike. They shake hands. It sounds like you're the one who knows physics. In the corner of the garage, Pike clears off some space on a desk and reveals drawings and a crude model for what looks like the flux capacitor. Marty leans in with excitement as he surveys the drawings. 
always grounded myself in a lot of engineering and science, and I use that as the basis for a lot of stuff that I design. Spacecrafts, UFOs, stuff like that. People usually come to me, I'm always drawing on a lot of theorizing and hypotheses about how one might travel through time. I usually concoct a batch of engineered systems that are all connected in such a way that many high-tech devices tend to look overall as a way things flow and move. And I want to be able to explain how these things work when it's all said and done. I don't want to have some tubes and wires coming out of a box. I want it to be real. Pike points at the flux capacitor. This, this is what can make time travel possible. The flux capacitor. What's a flux capacitor? Marty points at the drawings. This, this is. Pike looks down at the drawings, astonished. Oh my God. How could I be so imbecilic to think that I could have invented something out of thin air? To Marty. You must think I'm crazy. To himself. I wonder where I got the idea from. Back to Marty. Where did you hear of this flux capacitor? Where did I get the idea? From you. From me. Of course. That doesn't make any sense. Doc, listen. Marty catches himself. Mr. Pike, I'm from the future. A stuntman. From the future. I'm not a stuntman. Now it all makes sense. It does? Of course. You're a vagrant. You found your way onto this set and you're trying to steal my car. It works. Not likely. Look at the condition it's in. We'll have to replace the shocks, struts, the whole front end needs a rebuild. It works. Pike stops rambling and looks at the DeLorean. I can prove it to you. Marty swings open the door of the DeLorean and shows Pike the flux capacitor. Great Scott! Pike jumps back and hits his head on the suicide door, knocking himself out. Pike? Mr. Pike? Oh, oh. Pike starts to wake up. I just had the funniest dream. He looks at Marty and gasps. Great Scott! Pike grabs Marty's face to see if he's real. What are you doing? You're real? Yes. I just had a dream about the flux capacitor. About how it works. Just now. I've never installed anything like this. But you will! You'll figure it all out! It can't be true! Marty shows Pike his driver's license. Look, 2015. Pike looks at the license in awe, then back to the DeLorean and stares at it. Do you know what this means, Marty? You can get me back to 2015? No. Oh. This means there's another DeLorean on set somewhere that's not this one. That's great. Great for the possibility that we can get this thing up and running, but we can't let anyone see both cars at the same time. Too many questions. Marty nods. Too many questions? What am I talking about? Time travel is possible. Doesn't that raise all the questions anyone would ever need for a lifetime? And you invented it. All my life. Spaceships and flying cars and make-believe. I finally make something that's real. Marty nods. No time for that now. We've got to find the other DeLorean so that we can fix this one and get you forward to the present. Marty has a look as though he was hoping that Pike would say, Back to the Future. We are on the Universal Studios backlot. Marty and Pike slink alongside a soundstage and peer into the hangar doors to reveal the DeLorean used in the movie. It's on the set of the Twin Pines barn, covered in hay. Great Scott! What was that? Pike and Marty freeze. They slowly turn to reveal Christopher Lloyd. He looks just as he did in the Back to the Future films, but not in costume. What? What did you just say? Great Scott? Yes! 
That's it! Christopher Lloyd wanders off. Great Scott. Great Scott. Great Scott. That wasn't in the script? What? Never mind. We've got to get this thing back to the shop. A little bit later, they are back in the production design garage. Pike and Marty roll the picture DeLorean from the movie into the shop, still shaking off bits of straw. This scene isn't on the schedule until tomorrow, so we have some time to get the flux... Uh, what did you say it was called again? Flux capacitor. Capacitor, right. I can't believe that wasn't in the script either. Ha. Huh. You'd be surprised what I have to work with. So, we have to get the flux capacitor... Right. Into the working DeLorean. And then... And then? I don't know. How did they do it in the movie? You don't know? Kid... Up until last week, we were going to use a fridge and a nuclear explosion. I suggested that it takes 1.2 gigawatts. Or? A bolt of light? A bolt of lightning, of course! How did you get here? I was looking at the door in with my dad. My dad's in trouble. Was in trouble. Will be in trouble. These guys were chasing us, and I got into the DeLorean. I was driving, and I hit 88 miles per hour. Yes! Yes! Was there plutonium in the car? Not likely. Hmm. A bolt of lightning? There was a storm. That's it! So what do we have to do? Find out exactly when and where a lightning bolt is going to strike? Pike shakes his head no. Plutonium? Kid, we're on a movie set. I know exactly when a bolt of lightning is going to strike. They are going to run a current through the clock tower to make all the sparks and razzmatazz. That'll be enough to send you back to the future. That's great! When? Saturday. Saturday? Marty, you have to remember, you can go back or forward in time to any point. Right. Marty, you have got to lay as low as possible. Who have you seen? Nobody. Marty? Well, Spielberg and Zemeckis. Have you seen anyone from the cast? Just... Ah, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, he didn't notice you. No one else? Marty shakes his head no. Not Leah or Crispin or... Marty keeps shaking his head, no. Or Stoltz? No, none of them. Wait, who? Marty. Yeah? No, Marty. Eric Stoltz plays Marty McFly. Great Scott. What? Not in 2015. What? Not in 2015. What do you mean? The Back to the Future that comes out in 1985 stars Michael J. Fox as Marty. The kid from Family Ties? Eric Stoltz? My mother and father love Back to the Future. That's pretty obvious with a name like Marty. They fell in love on the night of the premiere. So, you might not even have been here if it wasn't for this movie. Interesting. My dad looks just like Michael J. Fox. How much like him? Marty pulls his phone out of his pocket and starts flicking through photos. What is that? It's a phone. A phone? Look! Marty is looking at the photo of his family. Wait a minute. What is it? The photo! Marty shows the photo to Pike. Clint's head is starting to disappear from it. Just like in the script. Oh, this part's in the script? Maybe Fox replaces Stoltz. Why is my brother disappearing? The DeLorean being in a wreck. The new concept of the refrigerator. You must have altered reality. You have to go and get Michael J. Fox to play this part, or you will cease to exist. Wait, so you're telling me I'm a time-traveling casting director? It seems so. Marty reaches into his back pocket for the folded flyer. Wait a minute. 
Marty reveals the poster of Back to the Future, but this time it features Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly, standing with Christopher Lloyd as Doc in front of a refrigerator? Great Scott! They are going to go with the fridge. That will ruin the entire movie. And you'll cease to exist. Yeah, that too. What are we supposed to do? Okay, listen. I've got to get the flux capacitor out of the old DeLorean and into the new DeLorean so I can convince the brain trust that this car is the way to go. And me? You've got to get Stoltz out of the picture. How am I supposed to do that? We are on the diner set from Back to the Future. It is bustling with the crew making last-minute adjustments. Thomas F. Wilson, the actor who played Biff, is thanking everyone for their hard work on the last scene. He is calm and kind, the polar opposite of his character. Eric Stoltz is sitting on a bar stool flanked by Crispin Glover. Glover is trying to get Stoltz to participate in repetition Meisner techniques. You're from the future. Is that a line? You're from the future. Stoltz is glaring back at Clover, unaffected. You're supposed to read it back to me. Je- You're from the future. Oh, Jesus. Bob, Bob, help me out over here. Marty gingerly walked through the set to get as close as possible without being too much of a distraction. Hey, Eric, uh, how do you feel today? Good. Good. Excellent, excellent. Now, remember, this is the very first time you're seeing your father as a young man. I want you to imagine what that would be like with your own father. Okay? Okay. Okay. Places, everyone! People start shuffling around as the slate comes into frame. Sound, speed... And... action. Through the lens of the camera, we see a profile shot of Glover. Stoltz creeps forward into frame to see his father for the first time. Are you George McFly? Marty winces at the delivery. It just doesn't sound right. Cut, cut, cut. Eric, listen. You're not asking him a question. You you know he's George McFly. We just we just did this whole thing with him and Biff and the gang about being George McFly. And I I don't even really look that different, you know. You know, Bob, I I really think we should do something about that, Bob. Hmm? I've got other things to worry about, Crispin. I'd like to hear something more like. Don't give him a line reading, Bob. Marty uncontrollably blurts out in exactly the same cadence and demeanor that Michael J. Fox did in the movie. You're George McFly. Zemeckis stops dead in his tracks. Who was that? Marty's eyes widen as his mouth tightens. Who said that? That was pretty good. Donald Fullilove, the actor who played Goldie Wilson, is nodding in agreement. Not bad at all. Some of the crew is looking in Marty's direction. That was amazing. To the crew. Wasn't that amazing? Zemeckis approaches Marty. Was that you, kid? Marty shakes his head no. Don't be bashful. Yes, Mr. Zemeckis. Isn't he wonderful? You're... You're the stunt driver, aren't you? Marty gulps and nods. What's your name? Marty, sir? Bob Zemeckis beckons Marty over with his finger towards the focal point of the set. Marty? This is Marty. Stoltz gives an unwelcome head bob to Marty. Marty, you think you can do that again? Marty looks confused. Deliver the line, kid. You're George McFly. Murmurs erupt on set. Everyone is impressed. You got that, Eric? 
Yeah, no problem. Good. Let's call that lunch. Lunch, everyone. The crowd disperses. That ain't good. Stoltz looks mortified. Everyone is at lunch at the Backlot Cafe. Bob Zemeckis and Marty are seated at an outdoor picnic table, eating hot dogs and fries. Zemeckis is chowing down. Marty is mostly watching. Mm. Mm. How long you been a stunt guy, Marty? I'm pretty new. Mm. I can tell. Blurting out lines while we're rolling. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. It's okay. It's okay. Hopefully you put a little bit of fire under Stolt's ass. Can I tell you something? Marty nods. I, uh, I never really wanted him. Huh? Studios, Spielberg, I never really had a say. Don't get me wrong, he's not a bad guy. He tests well and all. I guess the main thing, they want someone that people go see. My last picture didn't do so well. I'm sorry. That's not your fault. Is it? <laughs> uh, thing is, kid, I know talent. You've got it. If it were up to me, I'd fire that kid and hire you. But the forces that be won't let me. I don't even know who you are. Marty nods. Yeah, I think you could maybe hang out with Eric a little bit. Encourage him. Sure. Bob Zemeckis nods in appreciation. We are back at the Twin Pines barn set. It's later. Pike is making some last-minute adjustments to the flux capacitor in the 1985 DeLorean. Marty enters the shed. Pike. Pike lifts his head from the rear of the DeLorean, hits it on the suicide door. Marty winces. Oh, blasted doors. Is it in? It's in. Let's just hope they like your idea. M my idea. How are things going with Stoltz? He's terrible. He is, isn't he? They want to fire him, but they need a name. Well, we know what name to give them, don't we? We are on the Family Ties set. It's day. Michael J. Fox and Mark Price, the actor who played Skippy, are on the set of Alex's bedroom shooting a scene. Alex, why did you do it? You could go out with any girl that you want. Why couldn't you say no? Michael J. Fox runs his fingers through his hair and turns on the charm. Come on, Skippy. It is not that simple. It's like there's two Alexes, you know? There's a good Alex and a bad Alex. Through the cameras and the bright lights, we can see Pike and Marty looking on. They turn to each other. We, we want, want the bad, bad Alex. Alex. You've got to convince him to take the part, Marty. How am I supposed to do that? A bell rings. That's lunch. As all the crew runs off to lunch, Fox is going over the scene with Price just off stage. I feel like I want you to give me more, like, you should be really jealous. The more jealous you are, the easier it'll be for me to be remorseful. Price is shaking his head in agreement. I just wish this dialogue wasn't so corny. I wish my name wasn't Skippy. How am I supposed to show any kind of depth when you keep calling me Skippy? I hear you. See you in the commissary. Yeah, I'm heading that way. Fox and Price both turn to move. Marty interrupts them. Excuse me. Mr. Fox? Yeah, kid. Uh, you want an autograph? No. I mean, yes. Marty's mouth is kind of gaping. Fox nods slowly as Price keeps moving, shaking his head. Okay, cool. I think I have a pen. Pike is standing off to the side, looking on in disbelief. Fox grabs Marty's hand and starts signing his palm. Cool. Glad you like the show. Um, actually, I wanted to talk to you about something. 
Shoot. Your future. My future? You a Scientologist? I mean, back to the future. Huh. Walk with me, kid. Fox and Marty continue their conversation as they walk in the Paramount lot. Pike lags a safe distance behind. Are you an agent? Stunt driver. Stunt driver? Marty adjusts his posture. <clears throat> acting coach? Well, are you an acting coach or a stunt driver? Both. Everyone's a hyphenate in this town. Either way, that's cool you're on the project. Spielberg's thing, right? Yeah. Ah, the thing sounded awesome. I'd be happy to do any movie where I'm not dressed up like a wolf. But they cast a movie star. I'm a TV star. They're not happy. Did they fire Eric? Not yet, but they're going to. Fox runs his fingers through his hair. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I gotta call my agent. You can't do that. Why not? What would you tell him? I'd tell him that a stuntman slash acting coach told me that they don't like stults. Okay, I see your point. What should I do? Hang out on set with me. Show your face and let them know you're interested. What's your rate? My rate? I'm assuming you want to get me the gig so you can be my acting coach. Oh, yeah, of course. 10% okay? I could work with 10%. Fox reaches out his hand. Okay, kid. I think we might have something here. Marty shakes his hand. We are back on the Hill Valley set. Marty and Pike are rolling the 1985 DeLorean onto the Hill Valley set on a street in front of the clock tower. 10%? Do you think I should have asked for more? I should have asked for more. The DeLorean comes to a halt, and Pike and Marty continue walking behind the facade of the building. They're going to shoot four pages with the fridge today, unless we convince them otherwise. I'm still not even sure how that would work. Pike and Marty move into the soundstage. We're in the fridge soundstage, whatever that means. The art department is putting on the final touches of a typical 1980s-era refrigerator situated on a set that appears to be Doc Brown's kitchen. The refrigerator door opens and Stolt's head pops out. This is pretty cool. Marty cringes. Spielberg and Zemeckis are watching the action from Video Village. It's safe. It's easy. It's ridiculous, Bob. Listen. Once we get all the bells and whistles on it and shoot some HMIs through the back, it'll be beautiful. We got the best guys on this. We got the guys that did the Ghostbusters fridge on this. Ghostbusters? Zool! The thing with the fridge in Sigourney. I am Zool. Spielberg nods to indicate that he remembers or that he's perfectly content not being reminded. Pike approaches Bob Zemeckis. Excuse me, Mr. Zemeckis? Ah, Pike. Looking good. Thanks. No problem. Zemeckis notices Marty. Marty. How's it going? Good. Good. Uh, Would you mind having a word with Eric? I I really need him to be excited about the idea of a time-traveling refrigerator. But I don't want him to be too threatened by it. Uh, Do you think you could help convey that to him? Of course. Marty moves toward set. Mr. Zemeckis, Mr. Spielberg, would you mind if I showed you gentlemen something I've been working on? Uh, Of course not. We are back at the Hill Valley set. Pike leads Zemeckis and Spielberg to the 1985 DeLorean. How did you fix it so quickly? That's not what I wanted to show you. 
Pike reaches for the suicide door and swings it open to reveal the flux capacitor in all its glory, blinking and beeping and doing everything a flux capacitor should do. That's amazing. What is it? It's a flux capacitor. What's a flux capacitor? It's what makes time travel possible. Spielberg and Zemeckis are intrigued. Go on. Back on the fridge soundstage, Stoltz and Marty are circling the fridge, inspecting the blinking lights that are being adhered to it. So, Marty, you're an acting coach. Marty shrugs. I don't need an acting coach. I'm the last person that thinks you need an acting coach. In fact, I think the opposite. That I don't need an acting coach? Marty slowly nods in agreement. I don't get it. What's the opposite of not needing an acting coach? Well, I just mean, I think maybe you could do better than this. Better than this? Yeah. I mean, time traveling a refrigerator? You should be doing Shakespeare in the Park or something. This is a Steven Spielberg movie. Is it? Marty motions his head towards the director's chair that says, Zemeckis. Stoltz is listening. Did you see used cars? Nobody saw used cars. Spielberg checked out on this thing weeks ago. Points to the refrigerator. Look at this thing. Does this look like the spaceship from Close Encounters? Or that E.T. is going home anytime soon? This looks like weird science. Stoltz glares at the refrigerator. John Hughes, right? Yep. I turned that down. Exactly. Zemeckis, Spielberg, and Pike appear back on the set. Listen, everyone, we're going back to the DeLorean. The art department moans. Uh, Really? We've got a lot of rewrites to do in the next couple of days. We're reinventing time travel, so bear with us. Zemeckis and Spielberg walk off, discussing the possibilities of the flux capacitor. See? They don't know what they're doing. Stoltz looks distant as Spielberg and Zemeckis disappear behind a bank of lights. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, to our second episode of Back to Back to the Future. Please check out our third episode coming up. For more information about this script, along with details of the cast and crew, please visit our website at moviesmadeofpaper.com.